bite-sized, fun-sized, snack-sized learning nuggets. Today, we're talking micro-learning. Click next to continue. G'day, Raph. How are you going, Matt? I am fantastic. I'm very excited because today we're going to talk about the L&D concept with the most food-related analogies. We're going to be talking about micro-learning. Mm, yummy. Awesome. <laughs> we may get a little bit hungry during this episode. <laughs> but but it is it is one of the, I guess, biggest trends in L&D at the moment. And I think you could probably argue that it's been around forever. Yes. Um, but definitely the buzzword micro-learning um, has been around a long time. So... Like most things in our industry, there's not a very clear definition. It depends on who you ask and what you read. But um, let's start off mm -hmm. by having a look at how some people define it. And let's start off with the source of all truth on the internet, Wikipedia. Yes. So mm. Wikipedia defines it as microlearning is a holistic approach for skill-based learning and education, which deals with relatively small learning units. It involves short-term focus strategies, especially designed for skill-based understanding, learning, and education. What do you okay. think about that? Um, well, well, first off, um, quite eloquent uh, for Wikipedia. Uh, so good, Wikipedia seems to be working. But uh, but beyond that, I, I like it um, mainly because it, it touches on two words that that I I, I really uh, am drawn to. One, holistic. Um, so it, it kind of is focused on a, a, a complete learning outcome or, or you know, a, a complete something that you're trying to achieve. So I, I kind of like that. It isn't kind of, you know, focused on just throwing content out there and so long as it's small, hey, it'll work. The other bit of that I like is the word strategies. So for me i think that's that's the big thing that this is a strategy this isn't a just a deliverable type um this is a strategy you can apply um in the appropriate circumstance to achieve a particular outcome but uh yeah what do you think yeah i, I agree you and like that one yeah I, I don't think it's bad um i do like the word focused in there as well so uh -huh. like you were saying just just focus towards some sort of outcome as well and i think um micro learning is often just a way of selling just another type of content library instead of selling a bunch of e-learning courses to someone it's yep. selling a lot of really smaller e-learning courses to someone so i think that's not not too bad here's another one that's interesting it's much simpler it's from clark quinn uh, i found this in an article referencing him uh small but complete learning experiences Ooh, okay that's i like the use of uh learning experiences in that because I think it doesn't kind of narrow down to a digital deliverable or something like that. So that, that for me, I like it because, you know, it doesn't have to be digital. It doesn't have to be face-to-face. -face, it can be, you know, day-to-day, -day, whatever. So I like that, but complete, again, I guess that's the, you know, in the first one, I like holistic. In this one, I like complete. I like the trend of these definitions, Matt. We're, we're doing very well. We are. No, I, I like it. And I think if I put my instructional designer hat on, you know, there are terminal objectives and there are enabling objectives. And I think micro learning is, is well suited to those enabling objectives. Um, and, and so I, I like the word complete in there because it, it, it is talking about it, you know, it, it's, it's just achieving some sort of purpose yep. here. It's not just this kind of chunked information that's just randomly there. Yeah. Um, 
Carl, Carl Karp and um, Robin A. DeFleece, um, their book uh, defines microlearning as an instructional unit that provides a short engagement in an activity intentionally designed to elicit a specific outcome from the participants. I think that one's interesting and um, I, I like it. I like it quite a lot. And there's a lot of really great words in there and there's a lot packed into one sentence. Um, yep. The word that pops out to me is that <laughs> intentionally designed to <laughs> yeah. a specific outcome. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the word activity pops out for me because when a, you know, a, a lot of the stuff out there about micro learning is just about video. It's about something passive, mm-hmm. something static. Um, and, and here it's very specifically calling out an activity, which to me is, is talking about, you know, actively recalling information and practicing something as well. So yes. I quite like that one too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that, that's the other one. It's, it's micro learning. So there's the learning is an internal thing that happens that the, the person does. So, you know, it's not micro teaching, it's micro learning. And I think, you know, learning is an active participation thing um, in some cases obviously with a passive median as you've sort of called out there so a video but i need to participate in that learning experience actively for it to kind of come through and then you know to, to the more i guess uh literal interpretation of this thing you create is is actually interactive and someone has to engage with it in some particular way to achieve learning so i like that and as you said it's quite deliberate and and, and very formal and um funny funny that you mentioned carl i was actually listening to a podcast recently um where carl was on there and, and talking about micro learning hey what a what a happy coincidence there um but in that i think he kind of took that definition and, and informalized it a little bit and, and what he said and, and there's two things that he said in there that I really liked in the podcast. One uh, was that uh, microlearning is the concept of providing short targeted information that covers maybe one, maybe two topics at the most in a very short amount of time. Uh, and again, uh, the, the thing for me that I liked is targeted information. Um, the, the thing around one or two topics is, is probably the, the only thing that makes me maybe a little uncomfortable because again, how, how long is a topic? Um, but on the plus side, same question flip side how long is a topic like if a topic needs to be 10 minutes then it's 10 minutes if it needs to be three minutes then it's three minutes um, but he followed that up with um, and, and this was actually talking about his book uh, he said we don't really define it by time we just say short target information um, and i think that's a really neat way of kind of rebutting uh, a lot of what we sort of see around marketing and focusing on what it is targeted information and you know information can take many formats it can be multiple lengths and all that sort of thing so i i really connected with those definitions and bring that together with the the formal definition i think it gives a very well-rounded picture of what micro learning should be about mm. a term i've heard jd dylan talk about is learning that fits okay. yeah. and um i think all these are, are quite good because they don't fall into the trap that a lot of the other definitions or the marketing about micro learning falls into which is defining it purely based on the duration yes and you can read a lot of websites and articles that talk about micro learning is two to six minutes or five to ten minutes and it's very much about the duration and, and doesn't yep. really address a lot of these things about being focused about being complete about being intentionally designed um, like these so we've started off at a high point let's go downhill a little bit and kind of look at uh some marketing kind of spiels marketing around this town. Well. so right. yep. um let me let me shoot one at you um unlike traditional courses where you have to study the first lesson to move forward to the second each chunk of a micro learning course is a complete meaningful unit 
Learners can study lessons one by one or choose them depending on their individual learning paths. Completing each unit lets learners quickly see results, feel progress, and not feel guilty because of a large incomplete task. Um, what do you think about that, Rav? Uh, I find the end of it funny about you know not, not feeling guilty um, about a large incomplete task. I, I don't think I've ever heard um, you know a learner in an organization say they feel guilty about not completing their compliance training or something like that. I just, I just can't, I can't, I can't sleep at night because I haven't finished that sexual harassment course. I got to 5 PM and I'm only 70% of the way through. I just, I just yeah. need to get to work and finish it. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the other thing about it is, is so, I mean, it highlights a, a value in micro learning where it, it does allow flexibility of the learning path. So I kind of, I'm on board with that bit, but then it kind of really promotes that kind of, hey, you don't have to complete it from beginning through the middle to the end, where you, you, there's learning that you do have to complete. You, you have to start at the beginning and, and then you have to do the middle bit and then you get to the end. And there's a reason for that because um, one, the, the process behind it, that's the process you have to follow. Um, so I think, you know, the, it, it highlights here that in some cases, being able to go, hey, here's a collection of micro learning and you can kind of pick and choose what you want. That's going to work in certain situations, uh, probably more from a like performance support perspective where I'm doing something and at that moment of need, I want to know how to complete a particular task that may be halfway through a process or towards the end. So at that point, yeah, absolutely. I can kind of pick up a little bit of micro learning and apply it and move on with life. But in other cases, if I'm learning something for the first time or there is a, a sequence I have to follow, then that these micro learning things need to be curated in the correct way to achieve the outcome. You know, if, if, if I decide that, hey, tomorrow I want to learn how to strip down and rebuild an engine um, and I'm presented with a collection of micro learns, you know, one's about, you know, disconnect the hoses, another one's about disconnect the oil filter, another one's about, you know, take off the rocket covers. I need to complete those tasks in sequence. Otherwise, I won't be able to achieve the outcome. So it, this definition um, and this, this marketing definition kind of starts leading you down a dangerous path of, you know, build it and they will come and then they will achieve. So do you, similar sort of take, I imagine, from yourself? Yeah, the, the whole self-directed learner thing is really appealing to everyone. We yeah. want to uh, think that we just give a bunch of stuff to people and they can kind of dictate their own learning pathway. But um, for a mastery level, when you've got a lot of experience and knowledge, you, you know, you can pick up things and you've, you've got the foundation and the fundamentals down um, and that helps a lot. But when it comes to someone who's learning something for the new, the first time, or they're quite a beginner in, in that arena, um, they do need to have a bit more of a spelled out pathway for them. Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, instructions become a bit of a, a dirty word uh, in our field, unfortunately. Yep. But it, there, there is a lot of value in explicit instruction, especially for people learning things for um, the first time. So, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of micro-learning strategies uh, that I've seen that haven't worked um, have been because they've just got this, this this same view that's been around for a long time. Just give people a bunch of content and they can jump in and look at things. Yeah, um, That doesn't work because people have other stuff they need to do. Um, but also they, they might pick up something that's a bit too advanced for them and they think this is just not relevant to me or I'm not going to get it and they kind of move on. So I think there's a little bit of danger uh, in that sort of thinking. Mm -hmm. um, here's another great one for us. Um, 
Microlearning is a method for teaching and delivering content to learners in small, specific bursts where learners are in control of what and when they're learning. Often referred to as an espresso shot for the mind, mm-hmm. yep. microlearning enables users to learn nuggets of valuable information in a short amount of time. <laughs> it's estimated that by 2025, millennials will make up uh, 75% of the workforce. The average attention span of the millennial generation is roughly 90 seconds. Uh, it's clear that training, classes, and education will need microlearning more than ever. Now, as two millennials here, um, <laughs> how do you how do you resonate with that whole uh, whole bit about the attention span? Uh, uh, can you repeat that? Because about ninety seconds in, you lost me. I just got distracted. There was a flickering light, and, <laughs> and I kind of just touched it, and it turns out it's a bug catcher. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's. <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, I think that personifies all the things that kind of grind my gears. Um, one, um, uh, generation-oriented stereotyping. Um, apparently, you know, millennials are, you know, uh, cats, you know, dangle something shiny and they get distracted and they want to play with it. Um, so, one, I, I personally find that offensive. Um, but two, just <laughs> it's this whole focus on a diminishing attention span is completely false. It, it is rubbish. Um, and, and and if you go out there and you start sort of looking at, you know, where this stems from, because it's super tasty as, as a marketing thing. Hey, you know, uh, you know, attention spans are only 90 seconds, kind of gives you a bit of anxiety. Then you've got really nice marketing stuff. You know, hey, the average attention span is now less than a goldfish. Um, and if you actually avoid the temptation of kind of going, oh, that's a really nice kind of thing I can latch onto and I can repeat it and that's why we're going to adopt micro-learning. And you you scratch below the surface. Um, In a lot of cases, when you follow the rabbit warren, you end up at a piece of research that was done um, by Microsoft, uh, Microsoft in Canada um, in 2015. And the focus of their research essentially was a team that looks after consumer insights, so think marketing. And, And they were researching attention um, now they were researching attention not attention spans and i think there's a very big difference and this is where kind of all this myth starts to get muddled and this is where it comes from so long story short they did attention around how the digital age is influencing our attention um, and through this research they referenced a few bits and pieces so they referenced other um uh research papers which suggested that attention spans are diminishing but then their research didn't actually find that they're um, shrinking Um, what they found is our attention is changing Um, it's actually becoming more efficient um, at dealing with information because we're dealing with multiple um, kind of, I guess, uh, inputs at one time in our world. Like, you know, at the moment, I've got a document open around uh, what I'm talking about. I've got the recording thing going. I've got notifications popping up on communication channels. I've got all this. And what we're becoming really good at is filtering out the irrelevant. So at the moment, I'm able to filter out all this irrelevant information that's coming my way and focus on what is. That leads us to be less tolerant of the irrelevant. So if I have information presented to me and it's irrelevant, I'm going to try, my mind's going to just turn off and go irrelevant, don't care. I want to move on to information that is relevant. Um, and, and kind of that's been misinterpreted as 
we're becoming less tolerant to things of a longer duration and our attention spans are getting shorter um, whereas we're getting more efficient so we're getting through information in a shorter amount of time um, but we're less tolerant to the irrelevant and, and it's really funny um, uh, Alison Gatsby um, who at the time was the uh, consumer insights lead so essentially the person running all this sort of thing um, she was asked about this quite a lot and one of the standout quotes for her was kind of like you know um uh, you know think digital is killing attention spans think again and, and that was kind of cementing that the outcome of their research wasn't that attention spans are getting shorter it's that they're changing um, and you have to adapt to that and ultimately the core thing is make it relevant and then you'll have people's attention make it irrelevant and you'll lose their attention and I don't understand why that didn't stick it as a marketing term because that seems quite you know easy to consume and makes a lot of sense so um yeah i think that's that's kind of um the issue with a lot of this focus on attention span it's very flawed um from a span perspective yeah yeah and i'm a bit sick of the whole millennial uh millennials are lazy and they don't have a good attention span sort of stuff i'll give a book recommendation for anyone who's who's not aware of these guys okay. um millennials goldfish and other training misconceptions by clark quinn is a really good book that covers those myths and, and a lot more as well i think anyone in the lnd field should check those out but um fantastic you know yep. we'll go home and we'll we'll watch game of thrones for hours and hours on end or we'll sit in a cinema and watch the latest avengers movie for two hours it's it's not a case of uh we don't have the attention span to kind of sit through this it, it is very much like you said about relevance and about how engaging that is as well yeah um I, I won't go into too many more kind of quotes and things like that but let's have a look at maybe some of the other claims that came up um okay. uh, in marketing around micro learning so eight out of ten lnd professionals favor micro learning because their learners prefer it now this one, uh, to use your term, grinds my gears um, <laughs> because, like self-directed learning, it it seems like really great to um, target things towards what people prefer, yeah. and I think uh, learner preference is uh, a really great input yes. into a strategy yep. that you might be developing. Um, but it shouldn't be the only thing that dictates it, and it shouldn't be the most important. And you know, my kids that they, they, they would prefer to eat chocolate uh, for dinner every night, but they need vegetables. Um, <laughs> and it's the same thing here as a, as a as an L and D practitioner, you know you are the expert, um, or at least I hope hope you are uh, when it comes to to learning and training and, and designing a curriculum. Um, so, yes, absolutely, we should be thinking about what people prefer, but we shouldn't be choosing something because that's what people are saying. And I think if you ask most people out there, how you know would they prefer something short when it comes to workplace? training or something long most people are going to say short yeah. because number one most of the training they get is is probably pretty boring yep. uh and number two they're, they're busy they're doing other things so that's yet another thing to cram into their day yep. um another one is micro learning makes the transfer of learning 17 percent more efficient um the article i read this in uh didn't have a reference and i've looked around and i can't find a specific reference around that 17%. Um, but to me, that sounds quite questionable mm. uh, that it makes a transfer of learning 17%. I'm not sure how, how that exactly would work. Yeah, it's, it's, and I think, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, it'll be very interesting to, to see where that, that number came from. But, you know, you know 80, I think 80% of um, statistics are completely made up. Um, so whenever I see this sort of thing without kind of a lot of backing and background and, and being able to provide the analysis of, hey, you know, here's a test group and this is the condition. So what's the definition of micro learning? How was the transfer of learning actually um, 
uh, measured and all that sort of thing. I'm, I'm usually quite skeptical around this, uh, mainly because I think how we assess the success of learning is is also um, often flawed. But that's a that's another uh, topic. Um, but yeah, no, it's having all these stats um, without kind of backing and and again, like compared to what um, is the other aspect that you know is it compared to just throwing content at people or is it compared to really well-designed learning? Um, and, and I think that's the flaw. We're, we're kind of looking at micro learning from a deliverable type, short durations, all that sort of thing. And it's the fix to at the other end of the spectrum in, you know, the vilified e-learning long courses where X amount of years ago it was, hey, we want this to be longer because that's how you get value. Um, so we're kind of making the same mistake in focusing on duration. Um, but this time we're going to the other end of the scale. We're going down to, hey, it has to be short rather than, hey, it has to be long because, you know, longer is better. And now we're going, actually, shorter is better. It, it yeah, doesn't matter. Like, it, it, it needs to be how, how long it needs to be. Um, and, you know, you can't just expect to take a learning outcome and slice it up into little bits and then get it out there and it's more success. People will probably progress through it more. I'll agree with that because rather than just measuring, hey, someone's completely done this one 30-minute course, let's say, they've completed four five-minute ones, they've still gone through the same amount. It's just that now registration of completions is, you know, tick, 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 tick. So they've got a few more ticks, but whether that translates into learning transfer or efficiency, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've also seen some strategies where it's, you know, let's everything's micro-learning. Um, but then it's a case of someone having to sit down and do four or five, you know, little micro learning courses or videos in a row. Yep. Um, so it ends up being the same as a 20 minute piece of uh, e-learning. Yep. Um, uh, another one uh, that popped up is micro learning creates 50% more engagement. And just like the previous <laughs> um, statement I read out, uh, like you said, compared to what? So th there's, you know, a, a certain type of deliverable or a certain format or length doesn't denote quality yes. or how engaging something is. So you can have a really terrible two minute video and a really great two, two minute video. You can have a really great three minute quiz and a really terribly written three minute quiz. Yep. Um, just like you can have a really great, um, you know, full day session. Some of the best training we've ever done have been week long training sessions. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think we've sometimes in, in our field, we do fall into the trap of just kind of throwing out a concept or really embracing something and thinking this is, this is the thing, this is the silver bullet. Yeah. This is the thing that is just no matter, no matter what we do with it, it's always going to be good and it's always going to work. Yep. And then kind of we follow the hype cycle and then we realize, you know, it's happened with gamification. Everything must be gamification. And then, now I speak to a lot of people and they say, I don't want gamification. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to hear about gamification. I hate gamification. And it's just this real kind of black and white view. You know, this thing works, this thing doesn't work. And it's, it's not as simple as that. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. With, with gamification, it's one of those ones. It's, it's, it's like, it's almost the case study for, for, for potentially where micro learning ends up, where there was a hype and the superficial was adopted of hey it's badges it's games and this and this and, and again it's it's if if the underlying design isn't right it's not going to add value like people may enjoy it more because you know it's something different but in terms of learning outcomes and effectiveness it it, it still needs to be designed right um you know it's mm -hmm. it's supposed to be micro learning not micro content so if you take some content and you know you've got 
pie of content and you make it into slices of pie, it, it's still the same pie. Um, and if that pie is made of something that isn't tasty, I don't know, anchovy pie, um, it's still going to be slices of anchovy pie. Um, it's not magically going to become tasty pie. Um, all this micro learning yeah. talks making you very hungry and I actually wouldn't mind an anchovy yeah. pie in hindsight, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I said at the start that we might get hungry. This. I'm starting to get a bit hungry too. Yep. Um, I don't want people to think that we're anti um Micro learning, no, 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 as no. well. Um, but, uh, so let's let's talk about some of the practicalities as well. And I guess, I mean, for me, the term micro learning, uh, maybe I'm not a huge fan of the term itself. I, I do think it is a you know a, a newish term. I think it's been around for about 20 years, really. But yeah. um, it's it's gained a lot of hype. Um, it, the term itself, you know, it, I think it's just covering something that really good instructional designers have known since we've been designing training. Yes. Um, so. What, in your experience, is a good practical application of micro-learning? How, how has it been used well in the past? Okay, so I guess a, a few ideas for me. Um, so one um, kind of, again, one to the point. So micro-learning is kind of retrospective label rather than a target. So you, you create a, a good learning design. It's a campaign. It has all these deliverables. And then, you know, when you're talking to stakeholders, you go, oh, this is micro-learning because it's small. So... Um, but in terms of its good uses, um, I think uh, just-in-time sort of performance aids are a really good use of, I guess, what micro-learning is uh, because user performance aid at the moment of need. Um, so I am doing this thing and I need this bit of information and I access it and I just get the information to achieving the particular outcome I'm after. Um, so, you know, I am running through a process, I'm in a new system, um, I understand most of the system, I get to a point where it's a different process for me, I get stuck, I want to do it correctly, I access a, a piece of uh, performance support, um, it's a PDF maybe, it's a short little video, uh, maybe it's an interactive checklist, and it guides me through achieving that outcome and I can keep progressing through. So I think that's a really nice way of kind of using micro-learning. Um, I think, um, yeah, what, what do you, yeah, well, I think that's, that's a really attractive part of it is if you design it well, that it can, can be used to learn something new, but then it can be referred to back to as well. Yes. And, um, you, you don't want micro learning to be an interruption. You've really got to consider the time it takes to log into the system, open it up. If you're, if you're in the middle of doing something and then you're told to access a, you know, two minute activity or a video or something, um, you've got to log in, you've got to go through it, you've got to log out, and then you've got to have that context switching as well to get back to what you need to do. So as close yep. to the flow of work um, that it can be in, the, the better. Um, but it is great if you get stuck with something, even you know something simple like system training. If you've got a problem in Excel and you can't figure out what's wrong with your formula, if you can just grab something quickly and watch it or read through it like a job aid, um, then that's going to help you go through that. Yep. I think other ways, if we think about the full kind of, um, cycle of um, kind of a training initiative. Mm -hmm. Microlearning can, and I don't see this happen very often, um, microlearning can be great as kind of pre-work or pre-learning yep. leading up to a bigger training event. Mm -hmm. So maybe you, you drip feed, uh, you know, three or four or five different things over a couple of weeks to have a little kind of campaign before someone does that two-day two intensive sales training session or the leadership course. So 
it helps maybe build a bit of a foundation yep. or it helps people get on the same kind of page or align them as well. So it helps them understand, you know, what, what is the purpose of this training? So it helps kind of build up those expectations. Yes. Um, but then, you know, we've run lots of face-to-face kind of training sessions and, and you, usually your audience comes in with very varying levels of um, expertise around it. And some people might be experienced, some people might not be. So by kind of having a bit of micro learning beforehand, um, and I've got to keep kind of referring it to as kind of like a product, by yep. having a, a you know small little bite-sized chunks, little learning <laughs> nuggets or espresso shots of the mind um, for people to kind of take up, it does help kind of bring everyone up to the same level. So you have a bit more of a, a kind of a baseline that when you do have that bigger training event, that helps. Yeah. Um, then of course, you know, it can be it can be the training event. It can be um, drip fed throughout as a campaign to help people learn new things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think interestingly, um, another opportunity there is to help stimulate recall and help yes. reinforce things from other things that have happened as well. Yep. So maybe you you know you, you do a bigger e learning course or you're part of a learning community and the things that you're learning there are kind of reinforced through quizzes that you're you know have to participate in maybe some quick short discussions or or some videos just kind of reinforcing some of those points yeah um we have we have gone through kind of this this period of looking at just singular training events and we put someone through this training and they can do everything and that's it and and then you know in recent years been a lot more talk about campaign based approaches yep. and um, really talking about space repetition which is fantastic and once again like you know micro learning i think good instructional designers have known this forever yes. um but you can you can drip feed more information and more activities and find more opportunities to practice um after a big training event as well. So I think those are some really, really good examples. Um, have you seen anything that, uh, anything you can think of, like even a, a product you've used in your personal life that is a good example of what micro learning, uh, I guess, in this sense could look like? Uh, well, uh, yeah, so I, I think there's actually um, quite a lot of products these days that come out um, that have micro learning. Just recently, I, I bought a new vacuum, uh, stick vacuum, nothing too exciting. Um, but the thing is covered in QR codes. Um, like the dustbin's got a QR code on it. And, and you know me, I, I love a good QR code. I, I, <laughs> I just, oh, just get me happy. Um, but essentially, um, the idea there was, is, is rather than me then kind of, you know, if I want to empty the dustpan or, or change the filter or something like that, and I'm struggling with it, rather than then me running off and trying to find the manual wherever God knows that may end up, um, I can just scan a QR code on that particular item and I get information on it. So for example, to SD the, the, the dustbin, I can also change the filter. I scan a little QR code on there and it pretty much goes, cool, here's the steps to take the filter out, wash it, how long you have to keep it out and pop it back in. I'm like, that's that's a really nice, I think, practical example um, in the real world of, of how that can sort of work. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing, and, and kind of, Touching on what you mentioned about kind of, you know, the, the forgetting curve and all that sort of thing, um, even even like, you know, initiatives, so one, one of the things, you know, organizations do things around compliance training. So let's say, hey, you know, it's um, uh, sexual harassment training or something like that. And a lot of that's deployed through um, one training event um, because it's kind of hard to roll that out as a just-in-time resource, yeah? Um, you know, uh, 
kind of, you know, in the common area and, and I see something that may be inappropriate, I'll just, you know, whip out my mobile phone and quickly do some micro-learning about identifying if this is appropriate or not. But where the power of it is, is, is have that, you know, main learning event which introduces the concepts and all that sort of thing and then having a campaign of micro-learning that follows that up that allows me to recall and apply that knowledge to like little maybe micro scenarios. I'm starting to go down a scary path now. But essentially, you know, let's say I, I do um, my compliance training one week and the following week, um, every like maybe first day of the week and somewhere in the middle, I get just one little micro learning scenario where it's, hey, here's a situation, is a sexual harassment or not? Yes, no. And I get feedback and it aids recall and it allows me to, I guess, apply the knowledge I got from the main learning because realistically, I, that's not knowledge I'm going to be applying every day. Um, and we know if you're not applying something you've learned and it's not been reinforced, you, you kind of forget it and lose that knowledge quite quickly. So that's another example of, I think, where it could be really beneficial tying into what you've sort of said around having a, a, a campaign and, and, you know, addressing the forgetting curve and all that sort of thing. Some, another thing I know that you're a big fan of is um, cybersecurity oh, yeah. as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to kind of talk through that? Oh, just, yeah, cybersecurity. Yeah. Um, so just for context, the, the reason we're laughing is we've seen some pretty interesting uh, delivery methods for cyber uh, security training. But um, what I am a fan of is, and a lot of organizations are actually starting to adopt this, um, but is a double-edged sword, um, is, you know, you'll be kind of working away and email pops up in your inbox and it's like, hey, your manager wants you to update your details here or the IT department wants this or whatever it is. Um, and you go, yep, cool, no worries. Yep, click that, open. And then up pops uh, a page and it kind of goes, hey, actually, um, this email, if you'd actually taken the time to look through it, um, is actually what a phishing email would look like. Um, and essentially, it's it's bringing learning into your workflow and testing your actual on-the-job performance of being able to identify it and all that sort of thing. So that kind of campaign, and, and it, yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, and it works really well when it kind of, if we look back to some of those definitions where it is focused and it's intentionally designed, you yes. know, it is an activity that people are going through. Yep. Um, it, it isn't a huge kind of interruption into their day. People are already in their inbox looking around. Yep. Um, but where it works really well is when it's varied. So you might get a, an email that kind of looks a bit obvious and you're like, ha I spotted you, I reported as phishing. Yep. I, you know, you feel happy about that. And then you might get something that looks quite official and maybe the, you know, the email address is just slightly off. You know, it's from your company, you know, it's got your company's name in it, but it's .ru or it's, you know, some other kind of domain name yep. and you don't quite see it. And it's really hard to spot. And then you get caught out, go, ah, got me. I should have picked that up. Yep. And, um, and works best when it kind of, it, you know, if you click on the link, it opens up and it kind of has a little bit of a job aid. So these are the things that are wrong with this email and you spot it and it's like, oh, I should have noticed those things. I wasn't really thinking. Yep. And it really kind of develops a behavior of vigilance and it really promotes this discipline of like just paying a bit more attention to these emails. You might get something that says, hey, your package has arrived at reception and, um, oh, you know, this thing's wrong and it needs your approval or mm -hmm. this automatically generated thing in the system. Um, so it works really, really well when it's, you know, it's that mixture of obvious and hard and it's it's practicing different aspects of phishing. Yes. And, um, and it's really reinforcing things. And I've, I've, I've heard some pretty good responses from that. I've seen some um, good case studies 
uh, with companies who have been trialing that. And um, it is really kind of just building that right sort of habit. And that's what we're really doing in our industry in, in a lot of cases is we are trying to build some good repeatable behaviors yes. that people um, undertake. Yep. And I, th- I think that's a really good example. Uh, another one that I, uh, well, two that I like kind of more in the consumer space. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of Duolingo. I think it's a really well-designed Okay, app, yes. And I think it does a really good kind of reinforcement and a bit of gamification elements in there that work really well. But um that once again is is really varied activities. You might go in there for a quick kind of three minute lesson, and you know it's it's say you're learning Spanish, you have to speak into the microphone, and so it's teaching you how to speak Spanish. You're looking at things, um, and it's it's varied um, kind of sentence structures, but it's also very very focused and deliberate, and it's it's slowly building up and it's scaffolding a lot as well. And I think that's really really well designed. And another one. Um, that I quite like that I do with one of my daughters is an app. I'm probably going to say it and uh, pronounce it wrong, but it's Vanido, which is a singing app. And um, basically you uh, it, it tells you to make certain noises and you can kind of see the, the wave and see wh- what notes you need to hit. And so it's kind of vocal training and it's very short. You're, you know, it only takes maybe a minute and a half to do, but it gives you real-time feedback as you're doing it. And then it gives you the feedback afterwards as well. So that's really great way of training a particular type of performance, uh, generating a, a specific skill. And I've found that just even after like a week of that, my daughter, you know, it really, really helped her a lot. And it's a lot of fun as well because you are getting that real-time feedback about it and you're not singing your favorite songs, but it is quite challenging. Um, it's got that, you know, and it escalates over time. And the, the sounds you have to make and the notes you have to hit are much more complicated and the different pitches. Um, but that works really well. And it's not a case of going to a singing lesson for three hours. It's, it's really literally like two minutes a day. I think what's interesting there is, you know, there's two products that are live and and they're consumer facing and they're very successful and they're well thought out um, and they're they're like beautiful examples of the micro learning concept applied um, and nowhere in sight is there a micro learning label needed or or marketing like when they sell these products they don't go the latest thing in micro learning Duolingo like it, it, yeah it, it's a really interesting concept because it's successful and it kind of hasn't been tarnished by slapping a micro learning label on it even though it essentially is the concept and, and you know who really doesn't care about labels like micro learning or social learning or gamification mm, the consumer the, the yeah, learner the audience, and, I, and the, I'm doing yeah. quotation marks in the air the learner yeah, the, absolutely <laughs> yeah um one other thing I kind of wanted to call out is, I mean, we, we've kind of focused on the interactive side and quizzes and um, video as well. But uh, one thing I'm a big fan of is kind of this concept of like constant reminders that I, I talk to clients about a lot, which is the there's really short, simple things that um, are just kind of constantly visible um, or people can stumble upon throughout their day. And like really obvious, um, easy ones are, the poster on the cubicle wall in the toilet um, that that might be talking about something, and maybe you're you know you're you're trying to talk about um, your recycling in the business, or you're talking about sexual harassment or something, and, and these kind of things that are popped up, you just constantly get exposed to them. And yeah. It works exactly like marketing, and this is how marketing works. People just constantly see these things, and it starts to kind of seep into their brain. It starts to build habits or get them thinking about it. Um, you know the the banner on your LMS homepage. Is yes, a great absolutely. Place. The announcement on your on your intranet site. 
Um, there's lots of different things that you can do that are great uh, little items that can promote learning or provoke kind of um, mm. discussion. Or I think another another thing that's really great for kind of short pieces of training is kind of to raise consciousness about something or get people kind of inspired to think a bit differently yep. about something. Um, you know, we've all had those little kind of mini epiphanies or those revelations around something where we just learn a little fact or we learn a different way of doing things and we think, oh, why haven't I been doing that this whole time? So I think there's a lot of opportunities to do, do that sort of stuff. And that's something I definitely, whenever I'm developing a strategy, is trying to find all those little kind of constant reminders that you can kind of put out there into the environment and throughout people's workflow yeah. as well. Yep. Um, and I'd like to see a lot more strategies kind of take that up. Absolutely. And I think, you know, point in case there is, you know, not all your learning has to live in an LMS um, because ultimately very often the LMS and getting into that is the biggest barrier to learning. So the examples we've talked through, you know, one was utilizing email, app, this sort of thing, posters, you know, just because, you know, we're, we're you know, all this innovation in technology doesn't mean that all of a sudden things that are tried and tested before strategically used aren't effective anymore. Like if I'm walking into an office and bam, every time there's a poster saying, um, hey, you know, make sure your password's secure and here's some tips. I'm going to not be able to ignore that. <laughs> I, I kind of have this secret desire to make this the longest ever podcast episode yep. that we do. <laughs> um, I think that would be quite quite fun. But uh, I think we should should start wrapping it up. And I, I guess I want to hear from you what you think some of the um, gotchas are and, and what sort of tips would you recommend to someone um, around this concept of micro-learning, creating short kind of learning material? Yeah, I mean, uh, and this is probably going to be something that comes out in, in every podcast. It, it's just good learning design. You arrive at micro-learning organically if it's appropriate. Um, through understanding when people need what information in what format, it, it should just be rather than starting and going, hey, I want to create micro learning, just apply good learning design and you'll pop out at the end and go, hey, these objectives are going to be micro learning. These objectives are going to be posters on a wall. So I think that the main tip is don't go in trying to create micro learning because if you do, you will. Like whether or not it's appropriate or effective, that'll be questionable. But if you go in, hey, I'm going to create little short videos that are three minutes long, then that's what you'll create. So so go in and, and use strategy to derive the deliverables, not going in and with a, a, a deliverable focus from word go. Yeah. And so to sum things up, Raf, uh, here's a final question. Uh -huh. How long do you think any type of training should be? <laughs> so um, sh short answer, and I guess the one I, I quite like using um, the, the micro learning answer. Yeah, the micro, the, the micro answer, um, as short as possible, but as long as it needs to be. Very wise words. Thanks, Raph. Thank you, Matt. Click next to continue.